Join the Beatamax Video Club, rewinding back to our favourite films of the 1980s. My name's Rich Nelson, and tonight I've rented Cocktail. Watching it with me is Elizabeth Howlett, who can be found on Twitter at Bloggy Balboa. Hi Elizabeth, how are you? Hello, I'm not too bad, thanks. Thank you for having me. No, it's my pleasure, and thank you for bringing a film that I've not seen for a very long time. It's Cocktail. <laughs> now, I know I gave you quite a long list of films to choose from. Uh, what's so special about this one for you? Well, for me, it's one of those films that I love to hate, and I thought that would be a pretty good talking point for us. <laughs> it's, um, it's a strange one, because I'll sort of fess up early. I, I hadn't seen it in so long. I think, um, I remember my, my cousin had it on video when it so it would have been, I don't know, 1990 or something like that, and she used to watch it on a, on a regular basis. I wasn't really aware of how good or bad it was until I watched it again about two eight, two days ago. My god it's um, it's special in a way <laughs> Yeah there's nothing else that quite compares to Cocktail I'll, I'll also admit this film won the Razzie for Worst Picture in 1989 which uh, just goes to show the, the high esteem it was held in <laughs> I mean pr- previous winners I suppose of that we've had Bolero First Blood 2, Howard the Duck. <laughs> Howard the Duck. <laughs> I mean, that, I don't remember Howard the Duck being that bad, but then I, I don't remember Cocktail too much. And this would have been, so Tom Cruise, 1988. So about two years after Top Gun, and uh, mm. I suppose he was flying on a on a crest of a wave, pardon the pun. <laughs> he was doing a flyby on, uh, <laughs> on movies that day. On, on our on our hearts and emotions. Now the film opens. It looks like he's a uh, he's leaving the army and getting on a bus to New York, which I suppose it's kind of following the the American dream a little bit. He uh, as he's pulling into man towards Manhattan, he sees the the World Trade Center and, and off to see his uncle. It turns out he's got family there. His uncle runs a bar. He has these dreams, and these go on throughout the film where. He's really obsessed by money. Mm. Yeah. He wants to be rich. He does. I mean, I thought that was... Um, I, I must admit that I googled some trivia, but I came prepared today. And oh, um, it said that in the, in the novel of American Psycho, um, Patrick Bateman sees Tom Cruise in the lift and he compliments him on his film Bartender, to which Tom Cruise goes, oh, no, it was Cocktail. But I thought that was quite telling because it, it frames it as though it's going to be some kind of Wall Street you know 80s money grabbing you know like an American psycho type of thing and then it just turns it just goes to well I don't know it just turns into pandemonium basically doesn't it it's, it's strange that in this world where Tom Cruise he has all these sort of textbooks and has goals of working in in Wall Street and Madison Avenue and all these jobs that you know I suppose are very aspirational it doesn't take long for him to end up working in a TGI Fridays which <laughs> I su- suppose is a, a rite of passage for a lot of people and um you know, fair play. I, I don't think I could do it. You know, for, for three quarters of the film, or really the whole thing, he seems to be driven by just this absolute desire to be rich. And this is wouldn't get much more eighties, really. No, and also having a lot of sex. <laughs> I suppose that's why a lot of people probably got into the uh, the bar industry. 
Well, yeah, I mean, it does make people look, like, ridiculously cool, though, doesn't it? I mean, you can't say that you didn't come out of cocktail and think, do you know what, I want to work in a bar, because I did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my, my family, when um, when they came over from Ireland, most of them ended up running pubs in sort of northwest London, which, again, is something of a rite of passage, but I, I never worked in one. But, you know, my whole idea of, of pubs at this time was old people pouring pints of brown liquid to old people moaning and swearing and cursing now i'm the age i am that sounds ideal but when i watched this for the first time i'd never seen anything like it it's um throwing bottles around and cocktail shakers it was um it was amazing what i find bizarre about it as well is that he comes from a long line of kind of like irish bartenders and he thinks it's perfectly acceptable to waste about eight minutes chucking a glass around just to serve one <laughs> drink <laughs> like dude that's never gonna fly you do that and, <laughs> day and people are gonna start getting really shirty with you i think if i ever go to tgi fridays again i'll have to um maybe take notes on what the bartenders are doing the uh <laughs> I think the I mean I can't remember the last time I'd have gone, but I, I get the idea that it's just a case of get them done quickly and get them out. Yeah, they basically just line them up on the bar and just you know pour a load of vodka in about you know ten glasses all at once. Whereas this guy's just funny and about, he's chucking bottles round his hips, he's screaming. It's um him and and Doug uh, Brian Brown's character. They have uh, initially a very strange relationship it's um there is an element of the master and the teacher but there is also a lot of sort of lingering eye contact and the sort that you'd actually expect from top gun that they didn't quite play topless beach volleyball but um yeah it was a lot of lingering looks and when they're doing their routines in front of these packed bars it was um th- their relationship and their friendship got deep very quickly yeah it did to the point where they they ended up with the same woman yes Coglan's law <laughs> law never tell tales about a woman because you'll always hear about them or something to that effect i think it was yeah to be i think i think the first one the first piece of wise advice he was was wait till you've given them crabs so, oh yeah um, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> the waitresses don't hate you wait until you've given them crabs <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it says a lot about his um his outlook on life i don't really know what brian expected i mean he walked into this bar and he sees doug there and the first thing he does is ask him if he knows how to make a red eye which basically just looks like vomit in a glass and it's just kind of beer and tomato juice i think and then just a raw egg <laughs> which he proceeds one and he thinks you know what this guy could make a good business partner <laughs> like as soon as i saw him i was like geez this guy needs to sort himself out he's in a real state here yeah he's um i'm not sure if he's picking the right role models he's uh no. it looked like it looked like a can of tizer in a pint glass <laughs> it looked really really awful <laughs> <laughs> And the thing is, is that I've often thought about making myself a red eye when I'm like, oh, and he put some aspirin in it as well. That's because when I've been hungover, I've thought like, I wonder if a red eye is a real thing or if that's just one of those lies that cocktails told me. <laughs> I've never tried it, but I feel like I would now an eye drinking game probably. Drink everything that he drinks in cocktail. See how long you have. <laughs> it must be a good sort of hair of the dog sort of thing because I'm, I think after one of their their late nights, he does have one and uh, it just looks this sort of bright red thing with an egg and weirdly I, I watched this with my wife and she sat there and I think that was the bit that she squirmed at the most was the <laughs> fact that they put an egg in the drink yeah no it's madness and bear in mind I think when, when she first 
worked she worked in a pub in central london and she said she compared that tom cruise's first night in tgi fridays where he's getting the drinks wrong and gets shouted at that's very reminiscent of working in leicester square so did she also have to wear her socks out after her shift was finished <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I suppose we ha- we haven't got to know each other that well yet. Okay. It's a bit of a. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand that bit. Is that because his feet are sweating that much, or is it because he works in a bar and that's what happens to your socks? It's uh, probably maybe showing his incompetence that he spilt so much drink. It's all gone down his shoes. So I was like, why would your feet sweat that much? It's not like he's running. And I could did that was the one bit that really out of everything <laughs> the film that won a Razzie <laughs> like worst screenplay. The thing that confused me was his socks. Yes, it's very odd, and um, and then he put them back on again. So yeah, what a disgusting man! <laughs> well, th- this is this is Tom Cruise. I mean, we've got a long catalogue of things to mention there. Now he's um, he's talked about wanting to run his own cocktail bar called Very Imaginative Cocktails and Dreams. Mm. Yeah, that's the sort of place you'd expect in a provincial city centre somewhere run by an idiot like Tom Cruise. <laughs> But in the meantime, someone gets amused by their uh, antics. And, and apparently it's called flair bartending, um, not regular TGI nonsense. But someone gets impressed and offers them a job working at the hippest bar in town, I think it's called, Cell Block, which is basically a prison turned into a bar. <laughs> it is literally my idea of how that place. <laughs> with a yuppie poet with a, yeah with the yuppie poet who just looks like he doesn't fit in like I don't know why they hired that guy their marketing people need to sort it out but what I don't understand about this bar is that there's only one bar but there's about eight floors and everyone's got a drink and yet they don't they don't look busy <laughs> no, they don't. it's madness and like but it, you know his uh his kind of like uh what was it little little poem that he did just read off the cuff there that was pretty good I'm the world's last barman poet. Give us a kiss, you sexy beast! I see America drinking the fabulous cocktails I make. America's getting stinking on something I stir or shake. The sex on the beach. The schnapps made from peach. The velvet hammer. The Alabama slammer. I make things with juice and froth, the pink squirrel, the three-toed sloth. I make drinks so sweet and snazzy, the iced tea, the kamikaze, the orgasm, hands up the merchandise, the death spasm, the Singapore sling, the ding-a-ling. America, you're just devoted to every flavor I've got. But if you want to get loaded, why don't you just order a shot? Yeah, if he's improvising that, that's good. Yeah, he is. Somehow I think it was scripted. But I suppose Tom Cruise would have to stand on a bar just for anyone to notice him. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, weirdly enough, I, I jump ahead slightly. There was a part later on in the film. I think it was when he'd been drunk at the art gallery. Oh yeah. Um, and he yeah. and he was with his again spoiler older girlfriend, and he had what looked like a very healthy Cuban heel on his shoe. Uh-huh. 
Now, I can't remember exactly how tall Tom Cruise is. I, I suppose legend would have it he's about, what, five, seven, something like that? Yeah. By Hollywood standards, anyway, a, a short ass. I mean, I, I'm not one to talk, but um, he's, um, yeah, he's got his heels on. But, yeah, he has to stand on the bar to get this... Um, to get this poem out and it attracts the attention of a rather apparently well-to-do photographer oh yeah coral <laughs> coral coral Brilliant. yeah he uh, he attracts our attention real good and <laughs> and i can't, yeah that was it when that's the, she orders an orgasm and he asks her how many she wants and she says multiple and you're like oh, oh. Bam, chicka, wow wow <laughs> <laughs> Brian's getting it on. And, and the thing is, it's, is that's uh, Gina Gershon, who was in the other, in another Razzie award-winning Showgirls. So, uh, yeah, it's almost like cast her in your film, you fuck. Yeah, because I, th- I read somewhere that they've made a TV series as well called Cocktails and Dreams, and it had, um, what's his face, Brian Brown, and it had her in it as well. Oh, really? And it was, yeah, and it was sort of loosely based... On cocktail things that you find on imdb are fascinating <laughs> i was looking at i'm just like really they made a spin-off tv series is this a recent thing or no i don't th- i think it said something like it was made 10 years after cocktail had come out okay and it just had it was mostly australian right so okay. that it, I, I don't know i don't know it might actually be very good for all i know if it's got Brian Brown in it, I'm I'm tempted to watch it. To be honest with you, I'm gonna have to track that down. <laughs> I think the only thing Stop I the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quick to Netflix. Um, the only thing the only thing I noticed from IMDb, and I, I do normally have a look at the stuff, but um, the only thing I noticed was something that really grabbed me for some reason was um, you know in the the trivia part, and they had mm. um, they had a one, and it had that. Douglas Coglan's nickname was Doug. I saw that. And two people found it useful, and I was like, "Shit!" Yeah. <laughs> These two people are idiots. It was probably me and you. <laughs> probably a lot of yeah, yeah. Well, just <laughs> go, you got to show, show him some love. <laughs> Coglan's law. There we go. I can't actually remember any of Coglan's law. No, it came across very much just like standard pub bore nonsense, but. Um, yeah, yeah the the one I did write down was the one about the crabs. So um, yeah, that says a lot about me, really. Oh, I remembered one. Oh, Bury God. the dead, they'll stink up the place. That was one of his laws. Okay. I don't know what's the morbid one that I remembered <laughs> out of all the fun ones that he had. <laughs> He's very much an Aldi philosopher. He is. He is. Yeah, I'm not slagging off Aldi. If they wish to sponsor me and give me some free nappies, that'd be great. Um, now. <laughs> 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 Subtle. Well, the red eyes you've been having, it's oh, uh... God. They probably sell them to be here. <laughs> Brian starts supposedly seeing Coral. Uh, she comes across, or, or the idea is that she seems quite rich. Um, she's got this huge sort of apartment in um, in New York and doesn't appear to be married or anything else. And um, they suggest that they, they open a bar in Jamaica. Uh, Tom Cruise sort of puts on a really bad accent uh, holding yes. the poster. But um, while they're playing basketball, Doug's really sort of egging him on, really goading him into reminding him of, again, like Coughlin's Law, like don't fall for her too quickly. But... Um, they did bet, was it $50, I think, that um, they wouldn't be yeah. seeing each other by the end of the week. Now, I mean, I, I make bets with people quite a lot, normally, you know, very silly stuff. But 
to bet $50 and then try and get off with your mate's girlfriend to win a bet. He must have really needed that money. Or Brian grossly misjudged the man who puts an egg in his beer. I think a man who puts an egg in his beer is untrustworthy. Not to be messed with. Not Yeah, not to be trifled with. Not to place <laughs> bets with. <laughs> <laughs> but then she joins in almost, you know, she turns up at the bar and kisses Doug in the, the cell block. And then sort of says something to him. And it's, it's just so like, it's almost like she was in on it from the start. Yeah. And then they have a fight that ends quite quickly and, and, uh, and Brian's storming out. Yeah. He's off in a half. Yeah. I'd have put my money on Doug in that fight, to be honest. Yeah, I was about to say that. I would have thought that Doug would have absolutely levered him, but he just kind of took it and just went, yeah, well, I still shout you. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> in Jamaica <laughs> <laughs> one nil to me <laughs> I think he just did it just to prove his bullshit laws as well because wasn't it one of his laws that it was like oh you girls will always sleep with someone else or so it was like one of his bullshit theories <laughs> I think he just did it to prove a point and she's just a super skank well you know <laughs> she she makes she makes her choices now we cut to Jamaica. Now, I don't think it's, it's actually said it's Jamaica at the point, but it, it comes up later on. Brian is working in a bar in, in a resort, and he's sort of running the show almost. He's the, the head barman of what looks like a uh, an all-inclusive somewhere that you get in the back of a newspaper on teletext here. <laughs> but I, I can't remember the time lapse between Cell Block and Jamaica. I don't think I think it's just a fade to black yeah and then it comes back up it's just like establishing shot Jamaica and yeah. we don't know when or why his his <laughs> lots of pretty is... people sunbathing yeah that would that would distract from the gaping <laughs> plot <laughs> well, we, we don't need a plot we've got Jamaica so Brian's working the bar and of course the the damsel in distress needs help because her friend's basically got absolutely paralytic so this is jordan who's elizabeth shoe who's the uh a veteran of, of this podcast having been in uh she was in karate kid yeah she was and looking looking brilliant i mean I, i've got some opinions about her character later on but okay. <laughs> <laughs> she becomes quite smitten with with brian even the next day because doug has popped up with his stunning wife who's very rich, which I suppose is was his dream all along. Yeah. And he kinda of, he kind of chivs he chivs Brian for it a lot, doesn't he? He says like, oh, you know, this is what you wanted and now I've got it. It's it's strange because I mean he's obviously found out somewhere that that this is where Brian's working and decided to go on their honeymoon just to, to that exact hotel. But, you know, he's still dug, he's all very with smooth for the for the patter and everything. But yeah, he, I mean Jordan is at the bar so this is the day after and she's gone to thank him for being so great and even though you know really as a, as a first aider he he should have stayed at the bar called the ambulance rather than galloping off and ordering someone else to do it <laughs> but attending yeah, her well that's it you know he's just after the glory this is why he doesn't own his own bar yet at this point in the movie he doesn't have his own place because he's just not ready to take the responsibility he doesn't have the the skills. How I mean, how can he delegate these things if he's just going to run off at the first drop yeah. of a beautiful woman? Ah, <laughs> oh, Tom, will you ever learn? Probably not. Yeah. I mean, bear in mind he's still jumping out of airplanes thirty years later. Well, 
Although, actually saying that, the tagline for this film is when he pours, he reigns, <laughs> which I just think is ridiculous. <laughs> I read it and I was like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> just write, give me the Razzie, give me the Razzie. Uh, when he pours, he rains. You know? Yes. Wow. That's not even day one stuff. That is just the laziest thing. I think there was two taglines, and I can't, the other one was just as funny. I think it was something like, oh, you know, women thought he was irresistible, but wait until they see him throw a bottle or something like that. And I was just like, Jesus Christ. They had two taglines, and they're both awful. <laughs> both of them make me hate this film. <laughs> Again, that sounds awful. That sounds like um, something out of a Newcastle nightclub. You know? She she loved him till he threw a bottle at who? Oh. <laughs> yeah, we've all been. <laughs> Begby, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would love that. Someone needs to do that. Someone needs to do it. If one like has YouTube skills that's listening, you need to make a cocktail Begby mashup, please. Oh, <laughs> do it for me. That'd be brilliant. That'd be amazing. <laughs> okay. All right, we'll just let that one lie. We'll leave it in the air. Yeah, no, no. So, someone will step up. They they usually do. I've got some very, good, I've got some loyal, very clever listeners. I'm, <laughs> I'm talking to, I'm talking to you over there. Yeah. So Brian and Jordan start dating. Uh, this is where this film started reminding me of Dirty Dancing. Mm. They start dating. It's it's the very sort of cliched um, horse riding on the beach. Um, and the way they start acting, they go around some of the like poor villages of Jamaica, and it's very much like uh, your white middle class idiots at Notting Hill Carnival strutting around with a can of red stripe, thinking they're mingling and being urban. Dickheads. Just agree, yeah. <laughs> Grief tourists. <laughs> <laughs> and he managed, I think they're, they're sort of taking it quite slowly, and he talks some bollocks about the uh, the bits at the end of shoelaces, you know, and, and she's. Yes, I, I just find it strange that he just talks to her constantly about these people are millionaires. The person who invented the cocktail umbrella is a millionaire. I want to be a millionaire. Now, I'm not saying he should be any different. I mean, it clearly works in the end. But um, would a young woman want to hear that constantly from 1980s Tom Cruise? Well, no, and I mean, given what we know about her background later on and about her dad and how she left it all to go and be an artist and everything, you'd think that that kind of trash talk would put Jordan off, that she'd be like, no, I don't, I don't want to be with somebody that's so focused on money. And I think later on in an argument, she's like, but you're so hung up on money. And it's like, well, <laughs> yeah, that's all he's been talking about throughout the whole film. I think Doug even turned up and was like, oh, he's got a business, you know, He's got a business book behind the bar. He's got a book on how to make himself rich in five minutes or something. And he was right. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. So her character, I feel sorry for Elizabeth Shue because I think she tried really hard with a character that just had no no, no sustenance. It had nothing to it, did it? No. I mean, like you said, you know, she, she comes from money, although is trying a bit to get away from it. And yet she's just kind of lumped. And then it turns out, spoiler, they have sex in the lagoon, and of course she gets pregnant because it's the eighties, and you know, lagoon sex as well. No, no one's careful. <laughs> yeah, in the eighties, isn't that a bit of a risky game? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you be a bit careful if you've just met a bartender in Jamaica? <laughs> yeah, who's desperate to make loads of money? It doesn't say why got to pay for pay for his medical bills pay for all the other illegitimate children he's got <laughs> it's a strange one because uh, 
again this is you know suppose a, ho- a holiday romance it's um it's like the the greek waiter bit from the in-betweeners or something like that except he's not greek it's tom cruise but um, <laughs> um but they you know they seem very much in love and and she talks to him about i think she jokes at one point about having kids you know kind of you can see his face almost like that just that little percentage of what what oh joke 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 but then back to the bar and doug and some of the some other sort of middle-aged men who've got nothing better to do um they start egging brian on to hit on an older woman because this is what ultimately his dream was was to get a sugar mummy is that a thing uh who'll fund his business now i did one thing i did look on online was the woman who was supposed to be the older woman at the time this was made, was only about 30. Oh, really? Yeah. Because she does look quite... She looks like time has marched on. But she, Yeah, she was about 30, and so was um, Brian's uh, Brian Brown's wife. She was about the same age. He goes off with this older lady, and, of course, Jordan sees it, because she's staying in the same hotel, so, you know, he's not exactly subtle. Given that he's supposed to be some kind of like, you know, drink slinging, pussy rolling, 80s bartender, <laughs> like, you'd think he'd have a bit more game. But he doesn't, does he? He's just a, he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> Cover your bases, man. <laughs> Amateur. <laughs> well, I suppose this is, he is the rookie, isn't he? He is the apprentice. Yeah, Doug would do something like that. <laughs> Coglin's Law. Coglin's Law. Shagger your life. Because he wakes up the next morning, clearly regrets it, mm. and and that sounds horrible. He sort of turns around and goes, "Oh God, what have I done?" Does he wake up and she's doing like aerobics or some something really infuriating? I think that was when or was that later? That was later. Yeah, that was. Um... Ah, sorry. All right. No, Ignore no. Me then. I mean, <laughs> it says it says a lot, really, because she because Jordan has gone home, basically straight away. Because um, when he goes back to his. Johnny from Dirty Dancing style sex hut. He is in there. <laughs> like that. <isn't> it? <laughs> it is. And then the the older lady turns up and then she says something that reminiscent of the being careful. Uh, and I wrote this down. Uh, what I got, there ain't no cure for. Oh, wow. Now, I hope that means... HIV, doesn't it? Yes, I hope but that. I hope it's not. It's she probably meant feelings for him, but um, she did look like she was standing slightly uncomfortably. So, <laughs> yes. Oh, egg in your beer that'll cure it. You'll be fine. <laughs> Coglin's law. <laughs> Coglin's law. Have, have a red eye. Have a red. She has got a red eye. <laughs> <laughs> but it says Tom Cruise probably. Cut yeah. that bit out. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Stra- straight from the pages of his. Oh dear. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving on, moving on, moving on. Now at this point, we're we're back in New York. The Jamaica filming has finished. They've run out of time. Doug has opened a new bar called Hysteria. Oh, it's called. Yes. That's, that sounds oh, that's like... a bit of foreshadowing there, isn't it? I didn't realise it was called Hysteria. Yeah, it sounds like a Peter Andre single. And. And Brian has moved back to New York in with Bonnie, this other lady. Um, and this is where he becomes very much a kept child, her toy boy. He wakes up with, yeah, she's doing uh, aerobic something, isn't she? And it, she says to him, oh, go get the carrot juice. Yeah. I mean, he's he's not subtle. He's sort of saying, oh, have you spoken to your company about getting me a job and this, that and the other? And she's trying to dress him up in a nice suit for the evening. Like he's her Ken doll. 
Mm. Yeah, it is a bit weird, isn't it? What a sad existence. What I also don't understand is why she's not trying to get him a job. Does she think, I, do, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of things I don't understand in this film, but he's going to figure it out eventually, surely. Just get him a job. This isn't a long-term thing. No. I think she really wants it to be, though. Well, yeah, because the next part, I mean, he's hes hes already seen proper stalking type. He's already gone to see Jordan in the window of the deli where she said she worked. But then oh, yeah. that, that evening when he wears the suit that she told him to wear, they've gone off to what looks like a an art party because that's what 80s New York people do. Turns up pissed, or gets really drunk when he's there and punches the artist, which is a pretty special way of ending the night. <laughs> I don't think the artist guy really did anything wrong either, did he? He just got really sweet and punched him. I think he kind of, I think he made a comment about him being a little bit drunk, which tipped little Tom Thumb over the edge. (laughs) (laughs) Made him angry. It's angry Tom now. Yeah, because this is when I noticed about the heels. Because when he's outside nursing his bloody nose and the lady goes out to sort of speak to him I mean she's already a lot taller than him and he's got these massive heels on they look like orthopaedic shoes I stand corrected said the man in the orthopaedic shoes (laughs) cracking (laughs) oh dear no I've not noticed that but I will definitely have to go back and have a look just purely to laugh at his orthopaedic shoes not that I laugh orthopaedic shoes they're not uh, in a lot of films there's probably a lot of trick photography you know he's standing on boxes and stuff but in a scene like that it's quite difficult yeah i mean it worked for lord of the rings didn't it yeah <laughs> and, something very similar <laughs> and this is well that's the thing this and the director and i did look this up he also directed uh dante's peak classic and uh species no this guy's Roger Roger Donaldson is it? Yeah. He's, he's amazing. What a CV! What a of films, yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised that um, he's the guy from Dante's Peak. His name is Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. Why was it Pierce Brosnan in Cocktail? Out of all the people that they considered oh. for the different roles, can you imagine if Pierce Brosnan was Doug Coughlin? Bloody hell! Or I mean, that would have been oh. brilliant. Or even no, it's Brian. Actually, that would have been. Fucking aces! Can you imagine? Well, this ah. this would have been so eighty eight. Uh, Pierce Brosnan would have been at the peak of Remington Steel, mm. and he just missed out on being James Bond the first time. So you can imagine, you know, he's brooding, he's got that sort of smouldering look, and stick him in a film like this. Oh, that would that be awesome. I imagine that he probably tied it down to do Taffin. <laughs> the absolute mo. Maybe you shouldn't be drinking here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to watch that again now. What goes on in this town is none of your business. As long as I'm living here, it is. Then maybe you shouldn't be living here! See, that could be a good companion piece, Cocktail and Taffin. I heard you, Ma. Cocktail and Taffin. Now, I've never watched Taffin. I've I've watched kind of like the Adam and Joel, maybe you shouldn't be living here thing, (laughs) and that was about it. And I was quite intrigued that it was the same woman from Indiana Jones. And I was like, well, there we go. I'm not going to watch this film. <laughs> Is it worth a watch? Should I watch that? Okay. It's laughably bad. <laughs> it is available on iTunes. It's probably on YouTube as well. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, Cocktail and Taffin would be a good name for a bar, actually. 
But I think, yeah. Dreamcasting. <laughs> Dreamcasting, that is. Oh, Pierce Brosnan in this. I would actually love to see Pierce Brosnan and Brian Brown do something together. No, I mean, Pierce Brosnan now seems to like he'll do anything for money. So, um, <laughs> I mean, that, that probably isn't a million miles away. Brian, this sounds awful. Brian Brown's still alive, isn't he? I don't know. I imagine Ooh. that he is. All right, quick Google. <laughs> Brian Brown, if you're alive, please please tweet us and let us know. Yeah, no. <laughs> Next time I'm in, I'm in Australia, I'll find out. Um, no, no, still alive. Good. Jesus, he was in Peter Rabbit. No. As Peter Rabbit's father. So was he Australian or was he... Yeah, he was Australian. It wasn't oh, Peter okay. Rabbit James Corden in that. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm thinking. Like, did you think that he like fully went Australian for that one and was just like Paul Hogan wasn't available? (laughs) (laughs) I suppose this would be the era when Australian is suddenly the big thing. Yeah, and uh, yeah, after Crocodile Dundee, if you're Australian, yeah, get them straight in. Because oddly enough, you keep talking about um, dirty dancing. I thought this was funny because obviously Dirty Dancing was the one that kind of made um, Patrick Swayze put him on the map, if you like. And then the next one that he did was Roadhouse, which was also a really bad movie about being in a bar. And the tagline for that was, the dancing's over, let's get dirty. (laughs) And I I thought that Cocktail and Roadhouse were just like, two and the same i thought they were they're they're brilliant to watch back to back no but roadhouse is a different league to this roadhouse is brilliant roadhouse is absolutely brilliant but in different ways roadhouse has patrick swayze punching people and ripping their throats out Uh, this has tom cruise wearing slightly bigger heels that's how bad he is (laughs) Yeah, but if he decided to kick you with one of those heels, he'd probably fucking kill you. You would end up in hospital. <laughs> if he could stand on a box to reach me, that's it. Yeah, he would just get he would just get up on the bar and then he would jackknife and <laughs> your jaw would be gone and you would just be like, Argh! you wouldn't be able to drink a cocktail that he'd poorly made you. Victim of Scientology. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, God. <laughs> so after he's been dumped by his older sugar mummy he goes back to the deli and properly stalks jordan she pours food over him and, and rightly so she invites him back or he follows her back whatever i mean he's really persistent and bear in mind he cheated on her in front of her while she's on holiday and yep, yep. has the audacity to go back and sort of his i mean i, I suppose i'm again showing my age i'm, I'm not down with what the kids are saying but he's basically saying that everything's her fault and apparently this is called gaslighting yeah i guess that he is gaslighting her isn't he because she came on too strong she basically scared him off straight yeah. into this other woman's arms yeah uh god everything's her fault he's a fucking stalker he is he is he's not he's a wrong one really this is domestic abuse it is, and it should be reported. And I'm sure that he has been reported for domestic abuse. <laughs> yeah. It's a subject, really. I could get done for slander by Tom Cruise. Not, not, a, good, not a good thing. That's fine. Yeah, don't worry about it, don't worry. And then the ultimate insult, I suppose, is that when Jordan tells him she's pregnant, it is the old, is it mine? Yeah. Is it implied, yeah. you slut? Who else did you shag in that waterfall? Because it wasn't just me. 
they they sort of separate. They go their separate ways. She says she doesn't want anything to do with him. Uh, he goes to find her at her parents' house. Now, this is when we find out exactly how posh as fuck they are. Oh. They have dorm. They have dormant. They have what looks like a butler, and Dad tries to buy him off, and says that he doesn't want a bartender coming into the family. <laughs> God, that's nice, isn't it? I mean, because at this point, I think the film kind of covers up whatever Brian has done beforehand. Because I think throughout the whole film, you you know that Brian's an asshole, right? I don't think they're trying to they're trying to hide that. But then there are moments where he does really cool stuff, and you're like, oh yeah, I want to be just like Brian Flanagan. And then when you put him up against Jordan's dad, who I'm sure is like a famous actor, no? I suppose this would be like the equivalent of Baby's dad from Dirty Dancing. Yeah, who was in like couple of movies and then that was it but he um when he you know offers to buy him out and everything you're then really rooting for brian and you're really rooting for jordan you're like yeah your dysfunctional relationship conquers over this awful capitalist asshole father and it just completely flips the whole film on its head you know he must have had a lot of money now i don't know how many times he's tried to pay off boyfriends or or anything like that but um i mean 10 grand uh, that's that's a decent wedge for Brian. Um, for the dad, yeah. it's probably just change yeah, down the back of the sofa, chucking a check at te- for ten grand at him to piss off. In the eighties, that's probably what a lot of blokes would dream of. Mm. Getting paid off. Yeah, paid off. Like, so you've you've knocked my daughter up. Now here's ten grand. Fuck off and don't speak to her again. That, well, you know that's that's what I aim for, but I can't do it. So <laughs> I've got to work a nine to five. Bloody hell! If only a ten grand. <laughs> But no, yeah, I mean, I think I think he um, that's supposed to be, you know, the point at which we all we all realise that, that Brian's grown up and that he's prepared to not run away from the bar or his pregnant girlfriend. Yeah, because he's he's changed, I think, is the uh, the idea, isn't it? Yeah. In the space of about two weeks. <laughs> well, I've done some research. The dad, okay. Jordan's dad was also in a Star Trek film, which also won okay. Worst Picture at the Razzies. <laughs> wow. Yeah, there's a there's a Razzie theme. He was really yeah, but it's definitely, it wouldn't have been from that. No, he was, he played, Not- he played a, according to this, a renegade Vulcan who was searching for God. A renegade Vulcan? Not even just your normal Vulcan. No, he had the ears. That's probably why you don't recognise him. <laughs> That's brilliant. <sighs> Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> no, I feel like he's in Fresh Prince of Bel Air or something. Ooh, maybe, yeah. That'd be good. I feel like it, I, re- I recognise that guy's face, but it's definitely not. I'll do my own research and, and come back to you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to find out how tall Tom Cruise is compared to Carlton from The Fresh Prince. That'd be good. <laughs> so after this, um, so Brian's left. He's, he's refused the 10 grand. They've gone to Doug's bar and they've paid back because they, they had a bet saying uh, Doug said that you'll come and work for me by St. Patrick's Day, I think it was. And they bet a $500 bottle of brandy. So he turns up with this bottle of brandy. And Doug has basically said that he's lost all his money trading on commodities, which I've only recently learned because I watch trading places. And despite being with this really rich, beautiful wife, she doesn't know any of it about the, the fact that he's lost the money. 
Um, mm. Gets really pissed on this brandy. Brian drink drives the wife home. Uh, she makes a move on him. And I suppose this is where we see his moral fibre in that he, he spurns her advances. Yeah, but he doesn't know he still kisses her. Yeah. Jeremy Kyle had that sexual contact. Really? Yeah. If that's anything from a kiss to, to intercourse is sexual contact. Okay. Jeremy Kyle's law, which is a lot more upstanding than Coughlin's, I feel. Yeah, I, I'd rather listen to Brian Brown than Jeremy Kyle. <laughs> Nicer <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so i mean she kisses him he kisses her back a bit and then suddenly has a, a crisis of conscience goes back to the boat and doug has killed himself with the bottle of brandy which is mad like no one saw that come in no and this is one of the things from watching this film the other night that i completely must have erased it from my brain because i thought this was literally a film traumatized it's okay. Yeah, I was I was young, but I, I thought this was a film about two bar rival barmen who had rival bars, worked in the same bars, and that was about it. I didn't remember anything about you know suicide and pregnancy and all this stuff. It's um, it's taken a turn. It's like they tried to just cram. It's a bit like a Christmas special of EastEnders. They've just tried to cram like every storyline that they can possibly think of into one film. And they did it really badly. <laughs> like, it doesn't even like really make any sense, does it? Like how he's like, how do you even go about slitting your own throat? I don't even know. Could he like, you know, is this going to be like a Kurt Cobain thing where when they check his his alcohol levels, he wasn't able to do it? It was mm. actually his wife. Yeah, but then she's got an alibi because she was trying to get it off with uh, with Tom Cruise. I suppose that's an alibi. Should see. Look, this would make a really good sequel. <laughs> she. To admit that. Mm. Cocktail two. Or cocktail and tapping. <laughs> cocktail and tapping, yeah. Tapping would get to the bottom of this. <laughs> he would. Then maybe you shouldn't be living here! <laughs> so he's traumatised. He's got his suicide note, which, and I've just written, I don't remember this at all. Coglin's Law. Bury the dead. They stink up the joint. As for the rest of Coglin's Laws, ignore them. Guy was always full of shit. <laughs> but I guess you knew that already. <laughs> and basically, so he's got a suicide note. He's gone to Jordan's dad's gaff, and this is where it becomes really sort of desperate times. Because he sort of sneaks in past the doorman, pushes his way past the butler, demanding where she is. Then um, it turns into a bit of a fist fight. And then she kind of just goes off with him. Yeah, he punches the doorman, doesn't he? Yeah. He's so violent. <laughs> he is a very violent man. Like, I can understand why her dad tried to pay him off. Yeah. But the doorman did push her and he was like, she's pregnant, you son of a bitch. Or something like that's my Tom Cruise impression, by the way. I hope you like. <laughs> He's a nasty, poison little dwarf. He's, just, He's an angry gnome. <laughs> they're, they're leaving because she she wants to be with the father of her unborn child or two. As oh. as they get in the lift, the dad says, "You're on your own," and I assume he was talking to the daughter. But of course, Brian had to wade in with, "That's just how I like it." Yeah. 
So well, he's not your dad. Yeah. It's like, oh, come on, not everything's about you. Just because your <laughs> face is on the poster of this film, prick. Well, yeah, he is, isn't he? <laughs> This is it, but then I can't, but I kind of want to be Brian Flanagan. Okay. I, d- I don't want to be exactly like Brian Flanagan, but I want to be the guy that stood behind the bar, throwing things and catching them, and everyone goes, woohoo! And then I can hold up a tip bucket, and people will throw their money into it, and when I pour, I will rain. <laughs> and that's, that's what I want out of life, basically, minus pregnancy, suicidal friends. Uh, you know, food on my hair. That, that, to be honest, that would be the bit that probably freaked me out the most was having like whatever weird, vomity looking food was. Fuck that, I looked like chicken tonight, didn't it? It looks horrible. <laughs> I do like it that you can get a freeze frame of that shot though, and Tom Cruise has got about 15 different chins because of like he's just trying to recoil his face back into his neck, it looks like. He's like, ah! And then, and then he tries to laugh it off and I wouldn't order the specials. Yeah, it's like, well, I wouldn't get the waitress who's pregnant and then fucking cheat on them when in Jamaica. I'll have what she's having. No, wait, 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 wait. film. <laughs> so we cut from there to the uncle's bar. Jordan and Brian are married. They open Cocktails and Dreams at Flanagan's Bar because, uh, you know, it's, not, it's no good just having Cocktails and Dreams knowing it's his. He's got to also call it his bar just because he's a ponce. <laughs> And decides that he wants to carry on the poetry from earlier on. Well, this poem is entitled Flanagan's Advice to His Unborn Child. Now, if Jordan gives birth to a fine Irish son, there'll be cocktails and dreams for him one day to run. A business that shall yield a financial windfall. It better! To be franchised in every suburban shopping mall. A dynasty! Founding a dynasty! Now, if a daughter arrives to bless our clan, I guess the shit will certainly hit the fan. But this I shall promise to thee. I'll never let her marry a guy like me. Still, if our child's the naughtiest of girls or the wildest of young men, I swear I'll be the best dad I can. And never, ever (laughs) get spooked again. Everyone's turned up at this part. He reads off this poem, basically implying that if he has a son, it's great because he can run the bar. If it's a girl, oh God, no, 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 no. I'll warn her off people like me. Why can't the girl run the bar? Because the 80s was a sexist time and girls are shit at everything. <laughs> Coglin's law. Because <laughs> he's kind of like, he basically just says like, oh, you know, if I have a son, he's going to be Irish and he's going to inherit the bar. And if I have a girl, I've got a warner against men like me in case she gets knocked up and beats up my doorman and then walks out of my life forever. He's basically saying, I hope that she doesn't turn out like her mum. This is basically what he's saying, isn't it? I hope my son is like me and my daughter is not like my wife. It's a good start to any marriage. I think so, yeah. yeah. And um, and then she sort of confides in him that actually they're having twins. Uh, I suppose around now, they those twins would be around 30. They'd be... We don't know, was one a boy and one a girl? But uh, 
Yeah, this is when they should have a reboot. Of course, yeah. You know, now ki- kids being kids, they probably don't drink. Probably have like energy drinks or, uh, but they go to the sort of bars where they have poets. East London. Yeah, I mean, I don't know whether I'd want my bartender to be fucking around saying poems. I just want him to be bartending, tending bar. Do it on your own time, Shakespeare. That love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep your fancy words to yourself. <laughs> yeah, and get off the bar and get me a drink. Where does he get the money for his bar? Oof. It's not even nine months. So how is he? The whole film, the whole film, he's like, I need to get enough money to, to have a bar. I need to have a bar. I've got to have my own business. I've got to have a bar. He's just had a marriage. Now he's got kids. Where has he got the bloody money from? I, I think he did say at one point he had some savings and a loan from his uncle who from earlier in the film came across about as tight as a duck's ass when yeah. he was talking about like stealing his customer's cigarette money for tips. Well, I mean, unless... Well, maybe this is the magic of Jordan. Maybe Jordan... Maybe he liked Jordan so much that he decided to bestow them money. I don't know. Well, she she must have had a trust fund somewhere or sold one of her paintings. <laughs> to her dad. <laughs> for ten grand. <laughs> Here's a painting of the lagoon where my children were conceived. <laughs> Yeah, put that on your ball. Oh, so that was cocktail. <laughs> yes, it was. I think we've got more questions than answers, really. Yeah. From um, the only question is, did did you enjoy it? I do. I honestly, I do. I enjoy cocktail more than I enjoy Top Gun. Okay, that's a um, bold claim. It is. But I'm going to stick to it. I I really enjoy cocktail. I quite I quite like it. I mean, I like to I like it up to the point kind of where Doug kills himself because I think Doug is the best one. Yeah. And when Doug gets out of it, you know, it does literally. He just takes the life with him a little bit, and the film just falls a bit flat. But all of that up until the point where Doug kills himself. Great movie. Watch it all day. <laughs> yeah. And then just turn it off. Then and it's not a happy ending at all. Then well, because you know the ending is doesn't really make any fucking sense anyway so if i just turned it off like when tom like quit while we're ahead you know tom cruise is <laughs> in jamaica everything's going great turn it off then it works for me let your imagination run wild at that point <laughs> then f- put taffet on <laughs> <laughs> i feel like this is a film that i i will have to revisit at some point i think it was um i had left it so long that i completely forgot what the film was about I suppose it says about as much as me as it does about anything else. But um, I always had this film that this this idea that this film was just this innocent caper between these two guys, and I, I com- had no idea about how dark it went. But then I suppose you can look back at any or a lot of eighties films now, and you know when mm. when they did the Dirty Dancing episode, and you suddenly realise that some of the the themes of Dirty Dancing were about abortion and feminism, and you know that sort yeah. of time when. You know, really, a lot of people just see Dirty Dancing as a chick flick. It's kind of like a lot of music in the 80s, though, as well. I think people overlook it a lot. I think, oh, it's just, you know, it's just synthy, carefree. And it's not. Like, you listen to some of Duran Duran's lyrics and it's like, shit, dude. It's getting real. (laughs) Who knew what Flex was really about? Not me. Not a dodgy 80s sort of revival nightclub. (laughs) Do they still have reflex bars? Yeah, they do. Okay, yeah. There's one in Peterborough. Okay, right. I think the last one I went to was in Croydon, and it was fucking horrendous. 
Did they have the shiny dance floor and people of every age? Um, yeah, and I believe the dance floor rotated as well. Oh, that's no, that's not right. Not when you've been drinking. No, it was like a really low budget drunk version of Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> Fucking hell! It sounds like Vice City. That sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it was, it was Croydon. Okay, yeah, no. Well, <laughs> someone probably did have a gun in that case, so you're uh, lucky to get out alive. Yes, well, I've made it this far. Anyway, um, Elizabeth, thank you very much for bringing this uh, battered rental version of cocktail. Now, your blog, and I will say it again, Bloggy Balba, one of the best Twitter handles. <laughs> now, what um, what can people expect for you from your blog and your Twitter? Well, I tend to look at fantasy films, mostly from the 80s and the 90s, and rip them to pieces, basically. <laughs> that's That's my thing. I like to psychoanalyse and I like to do horror theories, so check it out. Brilliant. <laughs> and I will say, now, we're recording this in December and one tweet I did like from quite recently was that your, I suppose, pitch was that The Princess Bride is a Christmas movie. Oh, it so is. It blew my mind. <laughs> I'm still trying to argue with people that Rocky Four is a Christmas film, but Princess Bride is proper out there. But um, there is logic. There is logic there. There is logic. You should definitely check it out. I won't spoil it. Yeah, it's on, it's on your Twitter. Yeah, go and check it out. <laughs> As per usual, I'll play out the podcast with the song that was number one in the UK at the time this came out. So this came out on the 20th of January 1989 and number one, one of my all-time favourites-ish, uh, especially for you by Kylie and Jason. Maybe. Oh. Bet they're, playing that. <laughs> Bet they're playing that in reflex tonight. I bet they are as well. They're <laughs> rotating with that score. Oh, yes. Elizabeth, <laughs> thank you very much for coming along. Thank you for having me. That's all right. I'll speak to you soon. Thanks. podcast is brought to you by executive producer gary west associate producer chris oakley you can contribute to the running of the page by clicking on patreon.com forward slash betamax video club